It is time for your favorite Android podcast from the crew of BlindAndroidUsers.com. Kick back, relax, and enjoy another fine episode from these Google fanboys and gals as they navigate Android from a blindness perspective. And now, here are your hosts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 63 of the Blind Android Users Podcast. We're recording today on Saturday, February the 19th, 2022. I'm Warren Carr, and joining me across the season land are my co-hosts, Fee Dunn from the UK, Austin Pinto from Mumbai, Doc Cameron from Canada. And today we have a guest, Mike B. from New York, who will be talking about his Android journey story. As you can tell, Ed is not with us here today. He got blown away by that horrible London hurricane. Just kidding. Ed got delayed on his trip back from Edinburgh and wouldn't be with us here today, but will be back next week. Coming up in this episode, we have announcements by Austin as always. Then up next, we have the Android Basics segment. And today we're talking about an entry within the system settings that talks about apps, defaults, recently used apps, and so forth. Next, I demonstrate an app called Shortwave. That is followed by highlights from TalkPack. And we close the episode with Mike B talking to us about his Android journey story. Welcome to episode 63. See, what's going on with you? Well, the wind was trying to blow us all away yesterday, uh, so I, ha- I didn't go out anywhere. The wheelie bins, you know, these big wheelie bins you have um, outside, they were all having a big party and dancing about outside. So it was all quite exciting. It's calmed down now, thank goodness. It's a good job we weren't recording yesterday because it might have ended up with some interesting background sounds. Um, Yeah, so things are good here, even though the weather's a bit meh. But yeah, other than that, yeah, not bad, thanks. Austin, what's going on in Mumbai? Mumbai, nothing is going on. Today we celebrated a nice holiday. It was Shiv Jayanti today. It was the birth of our greatest leader of Maharashtra, which is the state which I stay in and which Mumbai is. So if anyone is from Mumbai listening, happy Shiv Jayanti. Although this episode will not be published on the 19th. But uh, yeah, we celebrated that today. And it's getting slowly, slowly warm. My most unfavorite season of the summer is coming slowly on us. Are you guys having a party or anything? No, it's just a celebration. There are lots of floats and nice plays and all, everything. And by the way, last week, uh, Austin, I mentioned in the podcast that you got hitched. Uh, how did that go? That, that was very nice. That was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, you know, Austin didn't get hitched, like I said. We were just joking. And we wanted to call you a funny name, didn't we? You, did you hear that? Yeah, I heard have. it. I heard it. But um, <laughs> what I'm was very it? Happy that, I'm very happy that somebody defended and not calling me that name. So What was the name that. that we wanted to call you? It was something I forgot now. <laughs> Ginger Bean. Oh, no. Uh, oh, no. Beanie Boy. It was and Beanie I, Boy. I refused to say it. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. So they wouldn't do any clever things with the editing to make out that I'd said it. 
So I'm still your friend. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, Doug and I are the bad boys. Doug, what's going on there, man? Well, if the UK was getting blown yesterday, Canada's getting sucked today. It's friggin' melting, and so it's nice and slippery, slushy, just overall gross up here. So thinking just stick inside, keep where I'm not going to wipe out on the slush and get soaked. So Austin, send me some of the warm stuff, please. Hey, Mike, how about you? What's going on in your world? Uh, what's up there in New York? Just like the Christmas song says, Jack Frost nipping at your nose. They're not kidding. That's just how it feels today. It's uh, about 22 degrees, but because of the wind, it feels like six. A um, little sunshine today, and uh, it's as long as you stay inside the house, you'll be fine. But other than that, it's um, it's pretty quiet. Um, we're on winter break here from school. I'm uh, not that far off from you, Warren. I uh, I turned the big fifty yesterday. Oh, what a beautiful thing! Happy birthday, man! Um, so, guys, how about a little happy birthday song to our brother? Happy birthday, happy birthday to you. you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Happy birthday to you. She's, she takes chorus, I can tell. So happy yeah. birthday to you, Mike. That's half yeah. a century. It's a beautiful number. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We now move on to our announcement segment. And Austin, what do we have in store today? We have some very important and very, something to be very proud of, you know, something to be very happy. We got an email two days back saying that we are listed as the top 15 most Android listen podcast in 2022 or the best 15 podcasts related to Android in 2022. And the source of this list is Field Spot Blog. And some of the names there, like above us, they're, they're above us, they are like Android Central, now at Android. But we are really proud to have say that we are listed in the top five. So we are the top fifth most heard podcast in 21, 22. So this is all thanks to our listeners. And that is it from the announcements. That was really nice to see that we're actually up there with the big boys, uh, big names, you know, Android uh, Central and all of those guys. And that we are actually, we're on, in the fifth position, aren't we? I looked it up. Out of that 15, we are listed number five. And the best thing is that we are a disability-related podcast. And to see our names among all the other podcasts who are only like site-related or Android-related is really a fantastic thing. And today in some of the big launches for our listeners, OnePlus launched the OnePlus Nord CE2. And they have some good specs like the Snapdragon, no, the MediaTek 900. I wish it would have the MediaTek 920, but it has the MediaTek 900. We don't know how many 5G bands it has, but uh, if we compare it to the Infinix, then it should have 13 bands, but different OEMs have different bands. But the phone has Warren's most two favorite fe features, 
one is the SD card slot and one is the headphone jack, 3.5 headphone jack. So it has that. So and it's Oxygen OS as of now. But the most worst thing is it still comes with Android 11, and it's around $300 for the base variant. So it is 5G MediaTek 900. I wish it was 920, but it has 65 watt super charge, and it just launched. I don't know if it will be coming to the US or no, but it's launched in India. Well, Austin, that really sounds good. However, I think that price is a little bit too much, isn't it? So it's running uh, Dimensity MediaTek 900, right? It's not a 920? Yeah, it's a MediaTek Dimensity 900. 900. So what is that comparable to on the Qualcomm side of things? Is, are we talking like um, 865 or are we talking about... Um, like it's the comparable 765. to 878 or something. 878? Yeah. Well, that's mighty good. Well, at $300, I, I don't know if it's going to be $300. It was like 299 pounds. And I, I think that's closer to $400. And, um, you know, that's what I'm thinking. But at least there's a choice there, uh, most especially with an SD card. Maybe this is the first time I'll get a OnePlus to say that I have a OnePlus phone. Let's now move on to our next segment, and this is our Android Basics segment. And today we're talking about an item in the system settings, apps, defaults, recents, and all of that. This is what I'm talking about. Connected devices, Bluetooth, apps, assistant, recent apps, default apps. That's the area we're talking about today. So when you come to your system settings and you get to this area where we see apps, default apps, and all of that, it's a great area to manage your phone, whether you want to manage some app you're having difficulty with, or whatever the case is. Sometimes you have an app that is misbehaving and you need to go manage that app. This is the area you come in to manage. And so today we're talking about this app area where we have all kinds of stuff. Uh, Austin, you have any comments about this before we move on to what we do uh, here? Showing items one. I think this is one of the settings that is the most important here when you get a new phone, when you want to set up things more granular. This is the most important settings. And also, we won't be able to finish all the settings in this category in one episode. So we will split this up into two or three or even maybe four episodes. And I do think it's kind of important to note too that it is going to depend on what um, your phone as to how your apps menu is laid out within the settings. Because with my Samsung, we do see a different layout than we will with Warren's Pixel. So your apps are still going to be found in your main settings menu. However, once you're in there, your layout is going to be much different. So you're going to have, instead of having a recent app um, section, you just straight up have your your apps. And then you it gives a granular list of all of the applications loaded onto your phone. Above that, you actually have a default apps section and a Samsung apps section. So nowhere in this list are you going to find the recently used the only way to access the recent apps is from your uh, recent apps menu. So the whether you're using the three-button navigation button configuration or the swipe up and hold 
that's the only place you're going to find your recent apps. I see. That's interesting because on a Pixel phone uh, here, as you could hear, you know, there's apps, there's defaults in there. And mm -hmm. in that default area, also there's the assistant and then the recently used app. So when I go into that, I am now in that folder and Google, three minutes ago. see, I use Google like three minutes ago. Home, 47 minutes ago. So that's how it is laid out on the Pixel phone. So your yeah. most recently used apps, the last used apps are shown at the very top of this page. And then if you go down, then we have things like See all 353 apps. You could see all 300 or, I mean, whatever number of apps you have. I got over 300 apps. Then you have general and the general we got. Default apps, default apps game settings, game settings and then it tells you how long you've been on your phone, um, you know, for the day and things like that. So if you come in here, you could go in and actually manage an app that you're having a problem with. And you could go and tap on the one that says X number of apps. And that's the one we're going to be talking about today. But since I already have one of my recent apps showing here, I'm going to tap on one of those. Home, 47 minutes ago. App info, navigate up, button up. So if I were having a problem with my Chrome and I come here and I want to do something about it, and so I tap on that and it places you now on the app info. And so it's just exactly the same idea. Like if you are in the recent apps, if you uh, want to see the app uh, info or you want to close the app, when you go to that recent apps, you could do the same thing. But so here you could do anything and manage your app here, including battery and all of that. So we're talking about managing your app here. So I am here in Chrome and let's say I have a problem with Chrome Disable and I want to, you know, manage it. This is what I will do. So I have things starting from the top here. And then I have open button. I have open. Disable button. You could choose to disable an app. For stop button. For stop it. Notifications. Tilt to zero notifications per week. This is the area of notification. And here you could go in and do the notifications and manage all of that. But we're not going to talk about notifications today. That's going to be in its own category in sounds and notification. Permissions, location. So here, if you're having problem with permissions and locations, here's where you go and fix that. Storage and cache, 203MB used in internal storage. We have over 200 something MB and you can go in here and clear both the cache and the storage. I'll show you what I'm talking storage about. Storage and cache. 200 storage navigate up we button. got clear cash button clear cash on the right and then manage space button manage space you hear this one doesn't say clear storage in some other apps you will hear clear storage but things like google and chrome instead of hearing clear storage you're going to hear manage space if i tap here google chrome storage Store data that Chrome doesn't think is important, e.g. sites with no saved settings, or that you don't visit often, out of list. And in here, you choose what you want to do. You could either clear... Free up space button. 
free up the space or you could manage button and the third one would be clear all data button clear all data so if you tap on the clear all data you are basically clearing everything on your chrome browser meaning your passwords and things like that you'd be clearing all of that. And so it's a little bit different. Uh, if it were a regular app, like I said, it will all be simply clear storage. But if you're managing Google or Chrome, uh, those have these options where you could do that. The next item we have... App size, 31.08 MB. Space used, heading. Okay, so under space used, User data, 72.77 MB. Those my data. Cash, 99.22 MB. Total, 203 MB. And that's the total of what it has. Let's go back and see what else Showing we have here. Mobile data and Wi-Fi, no data used. Here you could see if it's using your data. Screen time, one minute a day. And battery, 3% used for past 24 hours. And here is where you can go in and do the battery management. For instance, if you want to kind of limit how much battery uh, this app takes, this is where you go in and manage that. If I tap here, for example, and I think we have had an entry on how you manage your battery. So if you need to refer to that, we do have that on our YouTube channel. Browser app, yes. And then here we have an item says browser app. Yes. In other words, can this be used as a browser? So if you don't want to use it as a browser, you tap here. Let's see what it says. Default browser app. Navigate up button. You tap there. You could change it from being your default to something else. Default browser app. Navigate up. Radio button not selected. DuckDuckGo and list. So here, if you want to change to something else, I got DuckDuckGo. Radio button selected. Chrome. I got Chrome. Radio button not selected. Brave. Brave. Radio button not selected. Eyes free reader. So some of your apps would also be here, most especially those that can open, Apple. you know, um, links and things like that will also be here. That's unused apps. Heading. And then under um, unused apps. Time, and all of that. Now, let's see. What next? Browser app, yes. So we say browser app, yes. Unused apps, heading. And under unused apps. Remove permissions and free up space. Switch on. So if you have that remove permissions and free up space, that is checked by default. If you turn this off, then it means when you go into that area we saw, earlier up there, it may not be there. Uh, but you need this one on so that if you need to be able to manage it, you should be able to manage it. Advanced heading. And then we have the advanced. Picture in picture allowed. So picture in picture, in other words, if you want it to be able to show in one part of the screen while you're doing something else, you could have that on. But if you don't want it to be allowed, you could go in here and turn it off. Install unknown apps, not allowed. Show and so if you're downloading something on your Chrome and you want to be able to install something that Chrome has downloaded, you'll have to turn this on so that you'll be able to download, uh, install that stuff that Chrome has downloaded. Or if you want to install it direct from within Chrome, you have to turn this on or else it will tell you 
is not allowed from this location. Store heading. And store basically is talking about where you got the app from. And below here, we'll see that it's gotten from the Google Store. App details. App installed from Google Play Store. And then... Version 98.0.4758.101. This is where you'll see your version. And this is applicable to any app. You'll see that version here um, at the bottom. And that's the last item here in this segment regarding the Chrome. And this is what we're talking about, managing apps. So from here, you could manage app the app in every single way that you could possibly think of. And that is that app management. Guys, any comments about this thing? Because it's a very important topic, uh, most especially, you know, we want to be able to manage that battery, we want to be able to manage that space, we want to be able to manage uh, the installation of uh, apps directly from that app and things like that. Actually, I do got to say, I realized that I was completely wrong with regards to how my Samsung uh, app section is set up. You actually can sort the apps that it shows by default. There is a uh, sort or filter button that I've never noticed before to the immediate right side of the heading that says your apps. So you can actually sort from uh, apps that are enabled, disabled, or recents used within the last like month, week, etc. So they've just completely rearranged how it is or where you can find it. But if you're not looking, you can very easily miss the sort filter button. Manufacturers rearrange these things to their own liking and uh, Samsung has a different arrangement uh, from what the Pixel phones have. And one could be having like a Xiaomi device or whatever device. It, it may be also different. So that's the problem when we do not have all the phones out there in the world. It, it makes it virtually impossible to really hit every um, one's device. But basically, if you have a regular stock device, then a phone that runs a stock device, let's say like your Nokia's, a Motorola phones, uh, Sony phones, and a lot of those, the UI will be the same as having it on the Pixel phone. So that's the only difference here. Something really important is the permissions section, I think, because some apps track things which really you don't necessarily want them to. For example, you might have an app that switches the phone to silent when you're at church or something. So your phone would need to know where you are in order for that to work properly. But there might be another app where it really shouldn't be getting your location, um, but it is. And you think, well, why do they want that? And what are they using it for? And some of these things you can turn off in the permissions. And I think it's important to know about that because things like that extra data sharing as well as giving away more information than you might want to could be using up more battery power as well exactly fee and most especially if you tap on that permissions we saw the permissions in here this is where you can check what permissions it has whether location because just about every app has a location to it and you could turn that off if it's using a location or uh, if you want it to 
access your files or you wanted to access your storage and things like that, you go into that permissions and you'll see under the permissions, there are things that are allowed and under a heading of not allowed, you're going to see the things that are not allowed. And if in that heading of not allowed, you have something that you wanted to access, you could turn it on right from there. And so, yes, this is a very important area. Like I said, very important part of the app management. Here's where everything lies. And you go in here and make those fine adjustments as you would like it to. So you be in control rather than the app being in control. There are so many things in that permissions. And so, again, go into the permissions and manage the things that you would like it to have access to and things that you wouldn't want it to have an access to. So uh, all apps have that permissions. It's very important from storage to uh, microphone, camera, and all of that. Each and every app has those. And so deny those that you don't want it to have access to. Let's move on now to our next segment, and that will be the app of the week. In the app of the week, I am demonstrating an app called Shortwave. Here is Shortwave. Hi, for episode 63, App of the Week, I am demonstrating an app called Shortwave. No, I am not talking about that old radio of yours, that Shortwave radio. Instead, I'm talking about an email client from ex-Googlers. The app reminds me so much of the good old inbox. And no wonder it's coming from ex-Googlers. Those are the ones behind Shortwave. For today's demonstration, I am using my Pixel 6 running the first preview of Android 13 with TalkBack 12.1. And for speech services, I will be utilizing the defunct Eloquence by Code Factory. I would like to mention here from the offset that this app is not very accessible. Some things are not labeled, and unless you're using earcons, you wouldn't even know that they are there. So it is important that they hear from us at this early stage access, so that by the time it reaches the public beta stage, things could be improved for us with respect to accessibility. And hence the reason I would like you to try it and send them a feedback. There is a little bit of a process in how you go about getting the app. The first step would be to sign up on their Google Groups, and then next you'll download the app from the Play Store, and the third stage would be to sign in using your Google account. I will now take you through the steps so that you know what I'm talking about. I have created an icon or a shortcut to the web page on my home screen, so I'll show you how you go about that. I call it Shortwave Email Client. Shortwave Email Client app. I will tap here. Progress bar, 5%, 70%. Shortwave. Chrome. Upon opening this web page, we find the following. Actually enjoy your inbox. It says, are you actually enjoying your inbox? Email smarter and faster with a reinvented experience for your Gmail. Sign in with Gmail. Then there's a sign in with Gmail below that and below that. Download. That's download. Available on. And it says available on. Desktop. 
It's on desktop, Android, Fruitvale, that's uh, you guys on iOS. Comma, EOS, and Android. And those are the platforms that's available on. But here's a little snippet about what the whole thing is about. Shortwave web application screenshot. And I'm just going to triple tap here to read from here. Getting description. Why shortwave? Let's face it, your email isn't working for you. You're overwhelmed by a constant barrage of messages and tired of the never-ending struggle to clean up a confusing mess. Shortwave brings order to the chaos. We've completely redesigned email from the ground up so you can stay calm, focused, and in control. Getting description. Getting description. Understand your inbox at a glance. Threads are automatically categorized and bundled together to keep you organized by default. Want to customize things? Reorganize with drag and drop or use notification settings to control what enters your inbox. Use the sidebar to quickly see new messages, access drafts or view your full conversation history with your contacts. Image of person resting with legs on the table. Getting description. Pin, snooze, done. Enjoy a workflow that actually works. Have an important email? Pin. It. Want to handle it later? Snooze. It. Everything else you can mark. Done. With one click. Image of sticky notes. Getting description. Work Todger. Create. Channels. To keep your team on topic and make past conversations searchable. Instant delivery, typing indicators, and emoji reactions. Make conversations with other shortwave users come to life. Use mentions to notify the right people when you need them to join in. Image of people standing around a floating thread screenshot. I tap to stop here. But you got the gist. Now, here's how you go about getting it for Android, since we're talking about Android. So the first thing we want to do is tap where it says download. Download. Link. Progress bar. 5%. Web view. 70%. Text. Actually enjoy your inbox email smarter and faster with a reinvented experience for your Gmail sign-in with Gmail download available on desktop, EOS, and Android. Beta, snooze nine last seven days, done workspaces, Fern Medina 954. All right, I stopped it. Desktop, heading three. Add shortwave to your dock by installing the progressive web app, Qua, on browsers like Chrome, Edge, and Brave. Just hit the download icon in the URL bar to get started. And that will be for your desktop. And then there's... View instructions. View instructions. Button. Next. Mobile app. Graphic. Now, under the mobile app, we got EOS Heading 3. That's your Fruitvale. Use Shortwave on the go with our EOS app. All the benefits of Shortwave, but on your phone. All right. EOS app QR code. Graphic. And you could scan the QR code. Now, let's go to Android. That's the one we're most interested in, right? Android Beta. Heading 2. Join our private distribution list to gain early access to our work-in-progress Android app. View instructions. And now, let's tap on the view instructions. View instructions. Progress bar, 5%. Download Android. So here we are on the instructions on how you go about getting the Android version. The first thing would be to first 
join that Google group, like I said earlier on, and that's step one. Beta access. Heading four. Join our private distribution list as we work on our Android app. Currently only supports Android 11 or newer devices. And here's the first step. One. Join our Google group. Link. So you tap here to join that link. I'll show you. Progress bar. 5%. 39%. Shortwave Android. Google Groups. WebView. This takes you to the Google group for shortwave. Near the top, you're going to find something that says shortwave Android. Heading one. And to the right of that will be join group. One, one of one. But because I've already done so, it's not saying that in my case. And after you tap on join group, then it takes you through where you could choose the things that you would like to read, whether you want email messages from the group uh, sent to you or not, and things like that. So you check the things that you want, and if you don't want any, you don't have to. You could and then just tap no email or anything like that. It's all up to you. So be sure to do that before you go back to the previous screen. And now go back to the previous screen. Progress bar, 5%. After finishing that and you're back to the previous screen, we now go to step two, and that would be where you tap to go download the app. And here's what step two says. Two. Here's two. Download the app. Link. You tap here and it takes you to the Play Store. Progress bar, 5%. Details for app. Shortwave. Play Store. Open button. Show. If you did not join the group and you tap on download from the Play Store, you're going to get an app not found. Try again. So you have to complete that first step before going to step two, which would be the tapping of the download the app. And so now we're in the Play Store and usually there'll be the install, but because I already have it, I have to open instead. And I'll now tap on the open and we'll go through a quick overview of shortwave. Shortwave, early access. Open button. Shortwave. I am now in my main inbox. Let me start off by saying that at the top left, all you have is something that says shortwave logo. Shortwave, shortwave logo. Link. And then on the top right corner, we have something that says Message Avatar. Message Avatar. Graphic. Tapping on that will take us to where we could see things like settings. Before we come back to it, though, let's go explore the whole thing before we come back to the settings. So below that, you'll have your message. Blind Android users using the Kindle app with TalkBack. There's a thread from blind Android users, and that has to do with the using the Kindle app. Now, below that um, message editor on the top right corner, there's a button just above this message. And remember, it doesn't make sound unless you have an earcon. If I tap on that, it will mark my message as done. Watch. Shortwave, WebView, Mark Thread is done. Undo. It shows the undo at the bottom, and you have to tap on that real quick, or else it's marked as done. So now I do not have any email messages. I'm therefore still in the main UI. 
Now let's go to the bottom and there are three tabs at the bottom. Starting from the bottom left, that's the default, so that is your inbox. In the middle is your read messages, messages that you've read before, all of your email messages. If I tap here in the middle, shortwave. Tap here in the middle. Shortwave. Webview. And all of my messages are here. The messages that I have read and these are my conversations. Message avatar. Shortwave team. Groups.io and Christopher. Giovanni and Groups.io. So those are some of the messages that I've already read. Now, the last one at the bottom right would be the search. For instance, if I put my finger at the bottom right corner and tap, it takes me to the search field, opening up my keyboard. Out of. Search text field. Searcher navigate. Text. Showing English. U.S. Q-W-E-R-T-Y. Keyboard. So when I touch that bottom part there, it says out of. And when I tapped it, then it takes me to the search field where I could search for the message that I'm after. I'll go back. Now above that button at the bottom right is the compose message. If I tap here, and this takes me to where I could compose a new email. If you put your finger down here, your drafts will also be here. In case there's a draft that you started and didn't send out, it'll be here as well. Draft. Heading 3. Your full conversation history will show up here once you add recipients. And then two. we have the two and there's the two field. Search text field two. Enter a name or email. Text. Enter a name or email. This is where you type the address or the email address of the person you're trying to send the email to. And below that we have CC button. The CC. BCC. Button. BCC. Edit box. Subject. Text. Subject. And that is your subject field. Below the subject field is your main email body. New line. Edit box. Text. Message. That's where you type your email message. And then at the bottom, right. Send. Button. Disabled. See there, there's the send button and that one is labeled. Now, on the left bottom corner, we have the attach. And this one doesn't say anything. I'll tap here, you see what I mean. That takes me to the main storage of my phone, and I can choose things from here. Recent files. Screen 20 million. Things like that. I'll go back. Shortwave. Out of list. Now I'm going to close out of the composition. I'm going to hit the back key. Shortwave. Webview. So I'm back in the main UI. Now let's go back to the top where we'll find the shortwave editor and that tapped on will take us to where we'll find the settings. Move our finger now to the top right corner. Message editor. Graphic. Tap here. Tapping on that pops up a menu on the right side of the phone. And here's the items that we find. Word car. Link. Says my name, link, and below that says my email address. And then below that, there's the mute conversation or something having to do with mute. mute notification. And below mute notification, we find the following. 
Settings. Settings. Keep going. Invite a friend. Invite a friend and sign out. Heading three. That's the last item. Let's go back though to the settings because that's important. Settings. Shortwave. Webview. Tapping on settings, there are four tabs at the top. Starting from the left, we've got general. General. Link. Then going right, we've got billing. Link. Billing. To the right of that, we've got the sync. Gmail sync. Link. And the last tab there on the right will be experiments. Experiments. Link. Now below all of that, we have categories, and here's what we've got. Categories, heading three. And we have? Shortwave categorizes your emails to keep your inbox organized by default. You can always customize notification settings for specific senders and groups later. These settings apply to mobile and desktop. Heading four. Next, we've got? Teammates, link. Everyone who shares a workspace or channel with you. Heading four. And you could either bundle them. Bundle individually. Or next we got. Channels. Link. Channels. And here's a short description of channels. Shortwave channels are where team collaboration happens. So under each of those categories, there's a little short explanation of it. Let's move on to the next. Learn more. Link. Bundle individually. And the bundle. Important. Link. Under important. Anything Gmail marks as important. All right. And. Learn more. Learn Link. more or. Bundle individually. You can bundle them individually. Next. Other people. Link. Anything that doesn't fall into one of the categories below. Heading four. Bundle individually. Next. Calendar. Link. Calendar. Auto-generated emails about calendar events. Heading four. Bundle together. Next. Social. Link. And? Social networks, media sharing sites, online dating services, and other social websites. Heading four. Bundle together. Moving my finger down. Promotions. Link. Newsletters, shopping announcements, and other marketing campaigns. Heading four. And? Bundle together. Button. Next. Updates. Link. Auto-generated confirmations, receipts, bills, and updates from companies and apps. Head. Bundle individually. Button. Next. Forums. Link. Online groups, discussion boards, and mailing lists. Heading four. Bundle individually. Button. Next. Notifications. Heading three. Available hours. Heading five. Only allow push notifications within my available hours. Checkbox. Not checked. You could check that and further customize when you would be notified. Only allow push notifications within my available hours. Capital S. Button. Disabled. So that's like Sunday... Capital M. Monday. Button, capital T. Button. You got the drift. Zero eight zero 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 zero. Time picker disabled. It says disabled because we didn't check that 
uh, notification customization above. And so it's the beginning. It begins at you tap here to choose when it begins and when it ends. Two. Two. 170000. Time picker. Let's move to the next. Sounds and appearance. Heading Sounds five. and appearance. Play sound when receiving a new notification. Checkbox. Checked. And play sound when receiving a new notification. Then include a preview of the message for each notification. Checkbox. Checked. Include a preview of the message for each notification. Privacy. Heading 3. We have share activity status and typing indicators with other shortwave users. Checkbox. Checked. In other words, by default, if you're chatting with another shortwave user, you will know when he or she is typing. So it combines email and some kind of a instant messaging in a sense. Mobile. Heading 3. Under mobile. Customize preferences for shortwaves. You can customize the preferences for the shortwave. Mobile apps. Link. Reverse swipe directions for inbox actions. Checkbox. Not checked. Reverse swipe directions for inbox actions. Shortwave newsletters. Heading 3. New features. Monthly. Checkbox. Not checked. New features. Monthly. User research. Rarely. Checkbox. Not checked. And you can choose how you want these things. It's all up to you. User research. Rarely. Make shortwave your default mail app. Heading 4. Delete account. And there's a delete account. Logos provided by Clearbit. Link. And that's the last item from within the settings. And you can go in and customize it to your liking. But if you do sign up, help us all by sending them feedback so we'll have another accessible email client. And that is shortwave. As you can see, Shortwave is a good replacement for that defunct inbox, something I really liked back then, and Google killed it. And we have a lot of work here in Shortwave that is not very um, accessible yet. So I'm looking forward to the guys, these ex-Googlers, to make Shortwave accessible to those of us who are applying, because if it's not, then you know we're not going to be able to use this app as effectively as we would like to. Up next, we have the highlights from TalkBack. We continue now with our theme of highlights from TalkBack. This is installment 25. In our last installment, which was installment 24, I detoured and talked about the spoken language feature. Today, however, I am resuming what we started in installment 23, and that is the one-finger angle gesture. I'll be using my Pixel 6 Pro running the very first developer preview of Android 13 and TalkBack 12.1. For speech services this week, I am utilizing the Heather Voice from the Acapella group. I am currently on my home screen and will now invoke the TalkBack menu, but instead of tapping with three fingers to invoke the TalkBack menu, I thought that it would be nice to simply use that one-finger angle gesture by drawing a line downward and curving to the right to invoke the TalkBack menu. I will now do just that. TalkBack menu. Actions in list. 
I am in the TalkBack menu, and next I'm tapping on TalkBack Settings. TalkBack Settings. TalkBack Settings. Navigate up. Button. Audit list. I am in the TalkBack Settings. I will now scroll up by putting two fingers in the middle of the phone, gliding those fingers upwards, thus scrolling down my page. Showing items 4 to 15 of 15. Here, I'm looking for Customized Gestures. Customized Gestures. Here is Customized Gestures, and I'll tap here. Customized Gestures. Navigate up. Button. Audit list. I am now on the Gesture Customization page. Next, I'm going to change my granularity by swiping up and down to change my granularity to the headings granularity. By the way, you could either swipe down with three fingers from the top or from the left or right to do the same thing. I simply prefer the up and down scrub to change my granularity using one finger. I'll now do just that. Speech rate. Windows, links, controls, headings. Here's my headings. And now, instead of swiping up and down, I'll simply swipe down one at a time till it says one finger angle gestures. Here we go. One finger, heading, and list. This is a one finger. One finger back and forth, heading. This is a back and forth. One finger angle, heading, showing items 9 to 19 of 54. Swipe up then right, open talk back menu, showing items 9 to 19 of 54. Here is our swipe up then right, and that opens the talk back menu. Now I'm not sure if I had done this or not, but of course we remember that swiping down and curving to the right opens up the TalkBack menu, so it's most likely that we have double of these. You could change this gesture to something else. For example, if I wanted to change this to a tab instead of swiping up and right to invoke the TalkBack menu, I'll tap here to go change it, reassign it to a tab. Swipe up and right. Open TalkBack menu, checked, and list. Showing items 33 to 48 of 52. And here we're looking for the tap. I'll put my finger down. Tap. That's the one I want. I tap here. Customize gestures. Swipe up then right. Tap. And list. Showing items 9 to 19 of 54. What this entails is that if you happen to be one of those that do not like tapping on your phone all the time, then all that you could do when it comes time for tapping on an icon or something, all that needs happen is simply draw that line upward and curving to the right to simulate that tapping motion. I'll show you what I'm talking about by highlighting an icon or folder on my home screen, and instead of tapping, I'll simply swipe up, then right, to activate that icon or folder. Here's what I'm talking about. Folder, Google, four or more items. I will now swipe up and curve to the right. YouTube, 
Folder opened. Three by three. That opens up my Google folder, and in here we have things like YouTube, Drive, Drive, Meet, Meet, Home, Home, Translate, Translate, and things like that. And that's how you go about reassigning the up right gesture to activate the talkback menu to something else that you would rather have it do. And that's today's talkback highlight. And now we come to my most important part of the podcast, and I'm talking about a segment that we haven't heard in quite a while, and it's the My Android Journey Story, and our friend Mike B. from New York is bringing us his Android Journey Story. Mike, we want to welcome you to the Blind Android Users Podcast, and thank you so much for taking your time out to come and talk to us about my very favorite segment of the podcast, and that is the My Android Journey Story. Mike, you've got the mic. Okay, Mike, so what was your first Android phone that you ever had? Um, actually, I don't know what the name of it was. I just know it was very small. In fact, I actually still have it. And according to the company that I get my service from... Um, they don't make that kind anymore. It was the push button. These very oh. if if you've ever had like the cell phones like from the nineties, where some of them would have these tiny little buttons. Oh my god! It was them. a T nine phone. <laughs> well, I love those. I don't know. It it just had like, um, you had like the display on top, and then underneath you have the big menu button in the middle, which was the, probably the biggest button in the whole set. And then on either side, there were two other buttons, which I have no idea what those did. And then underneath those were the one, two, three, four, five, six, etc. Um, Okay. So how long ago was that? Do you remember what version that of Android was, that was um, and how many years ago it was? It was 2010 when I first uh, started uh, messing with Android. Oh, okay. And, so, um, yeah. And so do you think it's improved? What did you, what phone did you go on to then? Because did that have a touch screen, your first one? No. Nope. So um, did you then go on to a touch screen straight away or did you have more I, button phones? I, I, well, I actually had to go on to a touch screen because the push button one I have, um, was malfunctioning and, for one thing, it didn't even speak, but I was able to use it. But it sort of got uh, where it was acting a little strange. And um, when I called the company, that's when I found out they don't make those anymore. And so they uh, gave me a Samsung Galaxy J3 Achieved, which I still have. And I had that from, oh, 2019 to the present. Um, last year, towards the end of 2021, I had to upgrade because, as you know, um, here in the U.S. and probably in the U.K. and other places, they were taking everyone off of the Sprint network and putting them on the T-Mobile. No, we don't have that here. 
Oh, okay. We don't have Sprint. Um, no. That's they an American to, thing. Yeah. They wanted to um, switch everyone to the T-Mobile to get 5G speed, to speed up everybody. And so as a result of that, I had to upgrade to my Samsung Galaxy S10, which is now what I currently use. And it's a touchscreen as well. Um, and how is that? How are you getting on with that? It's... I'm getting along. Um, I'm finding the touchscreen on this one somewhat easier than the other one because um, I'm used to typing on a physical keyboard. And, you know, when you go to a situation where you have to use touchscreen, it can be very frustrating, even if you have the screen reader, because you're so used to expecting to feel buttons. So <laughs> yeah. with the other phone I have, the J3 Achieved, when you're swiping in the keyboard, the thing is, if you even touch a letter or swipe a letter or other character, it goes through to the program, which is not necessarily what you might want it. You might not want it doing that, but that's what it did. And then you'd have to hit find the backspace and start all over. But with the S10 one that I have, you have to kind of scroll around up, down, left, and right with your... Uh, that finger next to the thumb. I think that's our pointer. Um, and then you find the character that you want. And once you find that, you double tap it. Then from that point on, you can swipe left and right to find the character you want, the letter or the number. And once you find it, you double tap it, and then it goes through. So you basically have to very slowly type the phone number or the word or whatever it is you're doing and then just keep swiping until you get to either a next button or a close button or whatever it offers you. Have you tried using voice dictation? I do that too. That's how I send my texts. And when I added my contacts to this phone, um, I thought I'd have to go through and announce all of them, but I actually didn't have to. I used a program called Smart Switch. Oh, yeah. I um, used that one, too. Yeah. I think someone on our mailing list, it was, I think it was someone on the mailing list that mentioned to me. Yes, I think it was Warren, actually. He mentioned uh, Smart Switch. It was either you or Ed. I don't, I don't remember. But um, someone mentioned about Smart Switch, and I had to install Smart Switch on the old phone. This new one had it already. And I basically just followed some simple instructions going back and forth from phone to phone, tapping buttons where I needed to, and it transferred my contacts for me. So now if I wanted to text Austin, for example, if I had his number, I would, I would just tell um, Lady G, I'm, I'm trying to paraphrase, paraphrase so I don't, wake her up i'd say you know text austin or call austin and then it would just go through and dial his number automatically which is i find it very easy to do because i don't have to fumble with trying to find the right numbers and such because if you have to call someone immediately like if you're in an emergency you're not going to be thinking about where's this button, where's that button. You're just going to want to call the person immediately 
And if you're in a hurry, you might make the mistake and hit the wrong button. So it's always good to have the voice dictation. Were there any issues you had? Were there uh, things that you remember as being part of the struggle? Were there things that you really struggled with? Or if you were to advise someone who is jumping into Android today, what would your advice be to such a person? Well, for one thing, I'd recommend joining the Blind Android Users mailing list. Um, you guys can... Uh, join the list. Um, you can get information about it on uh, uh, blindandroidusers.com. And there's other information there as well. And anyone that you know who has an Android device, and that's what helped me as well. I, I have a friend who had a phone that was similar to mine, and she was able to assist me in getting Google Assistant set up, and um, I also I recorded a uh, demo that explains in detail about that, and you guys uh, hopefully will get to download that uh, soon. Um, it, you know, like I said before, the toughest thing you'll probably find about using Android is the touchscreen because you can't always take a Bluetooth keyboard everywhere you go. And uh, so that that's, that's the main real struggle you'll have. So, well, that's great, Mike. Thank you so much about that and uh, telling us about that Android journey story. And most especially mm -hmm. talking about the fact that, you know, if one is starting with Android and needing some help, of course, they could always get hold of us or, you know, our website, and that will give them all that info. And at that, how about now we bring this to a close in Austin? How do people get hold of our knuckleheads? So people to locate us, they can email us with their questions or feedback or comments or recording submissions to contact us at blindandroidusers.com. They can browse our website, blindandroidusers.com. Check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash blindandroidusers. Subscribe to our mailing list, blindandroidusers, plus subscribe at groups.io. The links for Telegram and Twitter Clubhouse will be in the show notes with all the other links. So that is it from us this week. Thanks, Austin. And that concludes today's episode 63. Bye, everybody. Bye. Later. And that has been another episode of the Blind Android Users Podcast. As always, we appreciate hearing from you. You send those email messages to contact us at blindandroidusers.com. For those My Android Journey stories, we encourage you to send those to myandroidjourney at blindandroidusers.com. Until we see you in our next episode, you have a wonderful day.